0: This is the Matt Townsend Show.
1: I would suggest you forge more character.
2: Your guide
3: on the side.
1: Uh, it's, It's these interruptions that are there to teach you the lessons we need to live. This is
0: the Matt Townsend Show. Dr.
3: Matt Townsend. On
0: BYU Radio.
3: BYU Radio. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm Leanna Tan, here to give you Matt's best tidbits to help you live healthier, happier lives. Today, we are going to talk about dating and relationships. Now, I'm in this interesting position right now because I'm married, but only just recently. So I still have very vivid memories of dating life. And I know how frustrating it can be searching for your life companion. It's like all these married people are just giving advice like it's so easy, but it's not. Once you get married and you find someone to spend your life with, you look back and say... Why was that so hard? Wasn't this the obvious choice? Why did I want to be single forever? Can't these single people see that they're just doing it all wrong? Hindsight is always twenty twenty, But I know, when you're in the middle of it, it's confusing and stressful, yet fun and exciting, and so you're never quite sure what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong, and you're getting contradicting messages from all angles. But it's okay. That is part of the process. I heard once that great things are only won through sacrifice and vulnerability, so I came to terms when I was dating with the fact that it's not going to be just a piece of cake, but as confusing as it is to constantly be getting advice from all angles, I think it can be helpful too. To hear some words from someone who is a complete bystander and isn't antagonizing you personally, but just giving some general advice on their own observations. And I found the perfect people to do this. Two people who came on the Matt Townsend show a lot, and I really value their opinions. Alyssa Goodwin-Snell and Brian Willoughby. They are both relationship experts, and they're the kind of people that say stuff that makes you go, huh. So we're first going to listen to Alyssa, and she's going to teach us when to let someone go. Maybe you're in a longtime relationship that you know isn't good, but you just don't know how to get out of it. Or it's just been a few dates, but you still feel obligated to keep saying yes. So Alyssa tells us why it's so difficult to break these bonds and how we can face the truth about our own feelings.
1: So this gets us to the point, Alyssa. Alyssa Snell's joining us. She is the relationship, oh, gosh, the dating coach.
0: I'm the dating girl. But
1: you've been a marriage counselor. You've seen it all.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And
1: it's a tough thing. It's there's something about Letting one go, even if it's not working, that is really hard.
0: Well, and I think there's a lot of different reasons. Yeah. If you're in an abusive relationship, usually the person who's being abused is sacrificing the most for the relationship. Right. Yeah. So, or if you're in an addicted relationship where the other person is lying, cheating, mm-hmm. you know, being unfaithful in a we variety can, of yeah, ways, yeah. you know, then the person who is in that relationship is usually making most of the sacrifices right. to keep it going. So, the problem with breaking up is the more deeply I sacrifice, the more deeply I love. Right. So, you know, these people are deeply bonded to the relationship, and they've invested so much. It's like putting into a thousand dollars into slot machine. And you just keep thinking, I've, I've given up my rent it's for the I mean, it's, the odds are there. Yeah, I'm just going to keep putting my <laughs> coins in, and I'm going to get the big payout. And right. at some point, you have to say, all right, $1,200 into it, $1,400 into it. I need to cut bait and walk yeah. away and and stop the insanity. So I think when there's an abusive relationship, there's an addicted relationship, they've been unfaithful, there's dishonesty. Which, by the way,
1: every one of them, unhealthy relationships. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, every, so these are we're incapable These are of cutting it but they should be a no brainer because mm-hmm. we're addicted we're unhealthy it's abusive and
0: you might need help i mm-hmm. mean at this point that it's really sign, hard to walk though. away especially yeah. if you've been in a in an abusive relationship there's always emotional abuse yeah. and and they, they undermine your self esteem and they tell you you can't do it without them and right. so you really kind of need to have some help to break those bonds that have bound you to them mm-hmm. and so that's that's a much longer process and it explains part of the reason why people will linger in insanity forever right. but you can do it you can totally break the bond and you can move on and you can be appreciated by someone who well,
1: I okay so I had one that uh, a client I was talking to where they didn't they didn't want to hurt so they had had an affair mm-hmm. but they want to stay with their wife and their family but the wife is seemingly cold apparently angry about mm-hmm. the affair mm-hmm. and the other the one they had the affair with was so warm and just cozy mm-hmm. and he could do nothing wrong there and he didn't want to hurt her
0: Mm. He'd had the affair. Had so the he affair. already did hurt her. He, exactly. <laughs> no, he, it's
1: interesting. He didn't, want, yeah, he didn't want to hurt the one he had the affair with to break oh. it off. Yet the wife doesn't want to work on it because you're not in. So mm. they're having this battle. And you sit there and anyone on the outside can look at it and say, this is just Insanity,
0: up. yeah. This is so messed up. It takes personal responsibility. Two people have to be invested in the process. And right. granted, she probably has a lot of reasons that she would cite yeah. for why she doesn't trust him right. anymore and why she doesn't feel safe and secure in the relationship, so why should I invest? But the reality is, is, is it working for either one no. of them? At some point, she has to say, this isn't healthy and I either need to reinvest and re-engage and yeah. work towards forgiving and so that we both can thrive again or we need to to reevaluate. And, and be active. People yeah. who are passive in the process never feel passionate about their partner. And so I see that a lot where people are coming in and they're saying, I'm with this great girl. I'm dating this amazing person. Yeah. She's perfect in this and this and this way, but I don't feel an emotional connection to her. And there's a lot of factors that contribute to that. But one thing I always see is that they're passive in the way they are engaged in the relationship. Yeah, they're, they're kind of like on the same.
1: defensive side of the relationship. Yeah, they they're do not the bare minimum. Yeah. They do the
0: bare minimum. They call her at 10 o'clock at night instead of in the middle of yeah. the day. And, and there's a variety of things Contributors uh-huh. that contribute to that, but being passive is never going to get you the passion you're looking for. You
1: know, it's interesting because when I hear of the the whole thing about um, cutting bait, I, okay. So I just remember fishing, and there's a time where you think you have a fish on, mm-hmm. but really you're stuck, seaweed. You're stuck to something, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and once you're hooked up on something, you can pretend like it's the big catch,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you can even work it for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> but in reality. It's just an illusion. Right. Don't you just think a lot of our relationships are just such an illusion? Like, the guy that's not calling you till 10 o'clock at night is telling you passively... They're I'm not, not in. into you. Yeah. yeah,
0: I'm not that into you. And I think the truth is what matters. Right. And coming to terms with the truth, and we rationalize, and we deny, and we ignore, and we avoid, and we do all sorts of things that keep us in bad relationships. Right. And sometimes we just need to to face the truth and move forward. Which sometimes can be simple adjustments. You know, I'm seeing that maybe he's not as invested, and so I need to back off a little bit yeah, because and the person see what he does. Yeah, the person who has the least amount invested has the greatest amount of control. Right. So the person who cares the least controls the most. Right. Right. And so as long as I care the most, he has all the control. So I need to back off and let him step forward and and give him space to see if he's going to step yeah. forward. And if he doesn't, someone else will and I can move on.
1: See, and that takes a huge amount of self-confidence and, that, faith. and faith that, you know what, or and also we always think it's about us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like they're obviously rejecting me when really they could just be dealing with their own junk.
0: Well, and and part of it, too, is if I make it about me, then I feel like I have some amount of control. So if it's about me and it's my fault, then I can be better. I can be more yeah. perfect. I can lose some weight. I can read a bunch of books, and I'm going to get the outcome that I'm looking for because I can control me. I can't yeah. control me, but I can't control my partner. And at some point, I have to stop making it about me and perfecting myself, and I have to look at them and see what are they saying mm-hmm. on their own What's and the make it data. a two-part process. They need to be involved and engaged, too, instead of always me fixing me or worrying about me or beating myself up
1: yeah you see this everywhere in your dating coaching. I
0: see it a lot. And it's part of what I teach with the whole dating system. Yeah. Like I teach guys by the third date how to see if a woman's invested, you know, simple yeah, little things that they can know. ask. Yeah, because if she's not invested and she's not sacrificing and participating in the process, he could be falling into the good for now trap. He could yeah. be falling into the too nice trap. He could be that guy that three years into a relationship finally has to say, wow, whenever I express my feelings or needs, she disengages. Yeah. She doesn't re- respond. She doesn't remember. And he needs to discover that at date. And along the way, not three years into it, because he's been the too nice guy for so long, then he's finally trying to come to terms with the truth.
1: Can you back out of these? I mean, so like if they mislabel you early, Mm -hmm. if you're like if you're somehow identified as the too nice guy, is that changeable?
0: The problem with the too nice guy is women are attracted to strength and confidence. So we need to see that he acts strong and confident. He needs to express his feelings, needs, and opinions. He actually needs to say no to us sometimes. And if we don't see that he can do that, we lose faith and trust in him and respect for him. So a guy who's let that go on, he's been the doormat, he's been too accommodating, he's been there for all of her needs while she's out dating other guys and putting him off Mm -hmm. and putting him off forever for commitment. The guy who's put up with that for a long time, it's going to be hard for her to see him as a strong and confident guy. He's going to have to work at this for like three or four months and change his behavior, and then she might start to see, wow, I really do need to respect him.
1: Or just get a red Porsche
0: <laughs> and a couple of other women to go and with it, leather. and then maybe she'll Boom, want him she'll more. Be back in.
1: <laughs> the old Porsche trick works every time. What else? Uh, what else? As we as we talk about the, what else stops us from like being realistic about the data? Like, why am I not more real that he doesn't seem in?
0: You know, I think part of it is we we're afraid of the truth, you know, and it hurts and we're afraid. What does that say about me? And we're also keep thinking I could do more. Maybe I haven't done this. Maybe I haven't done that. So I think some of it is is our own doubts and insecurities about whether or not we've done our part. And once you've invested enough, again, it goes back to that slot machine. You know, the more you keep putting in, the more you keep thinking that payout is, (laughs) you know, I can just see that this machine, if I walk away, the very next person who sits down is going to get the big payout. And I think that's the other thing that keeps people in is they're worried about if I leave this relationship, he's going to turn around and he's going to marry the next girl he dates because yes. I'm, I'm the one I got who got him, him. Yeah. I got him the skills. I got him comfortable with a relationship. I got to hang in there because I don't want him to be happier with someone mm-hmm. else.
1: Do you think that, is there is there a timeline? Like, you know, six years seems too long to wait.
0: <laughs> uh, the same person. <laughs> and maybe
1: two weeks or two dates seems too early.
0: Right. I my personal opinion is a lot of people say if they're not ready to you know be engaged by one year they should they should you know cut bait now I'm not of that opinion anywhere between one year and two years but I don't give more than a year and a half to two years to a relationship without an engagement ring it just it's wasting your time um, and at some point they have to decide whether or not they're going to does the ring need to have a date I think for it to be really meaningful there needs to be a date we're working towards jewelry Mm -hmm. yeah
1: I like that Um, okay I want to take a break. But when we come back, uh, I really want to get into how do you know when you're just picky? Yeah. <laughs> and how do you know when, uh, you know, maybe you're settling? Right. Okay. Because I hear that a lot. Like, I'm not going to settle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I'm like, well, okay, you've been out this 30 years.
0: Well, and and there are those that are just too picky and yeah. they cut bait really early in the process. Yeah. They don't linger for six years. They're hardly getting into three months into the relationship and they're cutting I'm bait out, Yeah, lot. and they cut it out mm-hmm. and they're done.
1: Okay, we're going to come back. We're talking to Elisa Snell uh, from itsyourtechnique.com. Go check it out. She's got an entire program there to help you if you're dating or if you know somebody that's struggling. It's a great Christmas present, by the way, and she's giving incredible discounts. Go check it out, itsyourtechnique.com. We'll be back right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio
3: Back, I'm Leanna Tan. This is The Matt Townsend Show. We're listening to an interview with Alyssa Goodwin-Snell all about dating advice, how to find your match, and when to catch and release. In the last segment, she talked about breaking those difficult bonds with people you know aren't going to lead you to progression in your life. It was interesting at the end there that she actually gave us a timeline. And I don't know if there is a formula to this or a specific perfect amount of time to date someone before letting them go if it's not working out or getting engaged or whatever. But she said to be cautious about that. There's a balance between giving someone a chance and just dragging out something that's not working. And Alyssa recommended not going over two years without an engagement ring because at some point you will both need to decide if you're going to become more committed or you're just wasting each other's time. Interesting. Okay, Let's move on to the next part of this interview where Matt and Alyssa discuss when you're being too picky versus when you're just settling. This question drives people insane. Finding the balance in dating can just be maddening. So Alyssa is going to teach us how she walks people through this thought process.
1: Maybe one of the biggest might be just are we too picky and or are we just, you know – are we not knowing what we want what is it that makes us give up too easily or settle too much
0: well I think sometimes you don't know what it is you want so one of the first things I do in the dating system is I have people create a top 10 list and I have them prioritize what is most important because a lot of times they'll be in a great relationship and but there's this one little thing right. that bugs them that and, they, and then they cut bait because yeah. of this one little thing my husband did that on several occasions with girls when he was in his 20s and a, a lot of his friends said he was shallow how because he would cut <laughs> bait over the smallest things yeah. like one girl She would do this when she would drink. And it bugged him because she would do it all the time.
1: That made somebody a lot of money. <laughs> that is a good sound.
0: So she, just little things like that. Another girl he broke up with because she didn't know how to sing and he always wanted to be with someone who knew how to sing. He had to have a singer. So he's obviously distracted by some very insignificant things. Mm-hmm. So I have I have people create a top 10 list to figure out what it exactly are they looking for? Because until they know what they're looking for, they yeah. won't value and appreciate it, even if it's right in front of them. And if it, Yeah, it could hit him over the face
1: and they still don't know right or, be, or they get or they get caught up on the one thing they don't have well i wanted yeah I, uh, that's a given but this other thing would have been Good right. Too. And
0: then I have them come back to because in the process, I have them evaluate what's on their top 10. And then when they're dating people and they say, you know, but there's this issue and I'm not sure, I'm like, where was that on your top 10? I also have them create. So there's two, four cal- columns basically. Mm-hmm. The one through five is the non negotiables. What do you know you absolutely need in order to feel a connection with somebody and for them to be right for you? The six through 10 is a work in progress. Mm-hmm. What are, you know, are, as long as they're progressing in this area, are you okay with yeah. them in that way? Then there's the issues I can give to God box. What are the things I can give away? Because the reality is, and you know this yeah. in marriage, there are so many little things that can start annoying you so much Ugh. in a marriage, whether yeah. it's socks on the table or you know just little dishes here and there, or right. whatever it is once you're married. If you don't know how to give away issues and give it up and let, let it, it go, go, then you're going to go crazy. Totally. And forgiveness is so important in, in any relationship. So you need to be practicing that when you're single yeah. because you won't have the skills when you're married if you're not practicing them now.
1: It seems like, too, you'd get more entrenched in this thinking. So if you don't correct it or at least see what I like about yours is it's kind of this methodical way. Organize uh, it and just start and just start processing. You're just trying to process some of these thoughts. Give them a place to hang it. But versus just letting it keep flipping over and in your head. Let me give you an example. I had
0: a great client who she'd been working on these concepts for a while. She goes on a date with this guy and she says he fit everything on my top 10 list. He's great in this and this and this and this way. But honestly, I would never go on another date with him again. And I said, why? You know, what was it? She said he had really bad breath. And there are so many singles oh that heavens. these kinds of issues Mentos. are the reason why. Exactly. So I'm like, OK, it's six states. The goal of the first six weeks of dating is to have fun, make them feel great and practice great techniques, mm-hmm. you know, and check and, their breath and practice good relationship That's skills so, because you're going to uh, need them later. So I'm mm-hmm. like, just go on up to six dates with him. And after six dates, we'll look at compatibility and whether or not the bad breath is bothering you so much That's that you want to bait, you know, cut yeah. bait at that point. Well, she gets to date four or five and she calls me and she's like, he is amazing in so many different ways. We can get dental procedures to fix that. You know what I mean? There's gum. There's all sorts of solutions. So by prioritizing what you're looking for and staying focused on that and learning to give some issues away and let go, that's the only way you're going to be able to stay in a relationship.
1: Well, and really, I agree. And they don't even, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that would have been so easy for her to just cut it.
0: Yeah. Well, she's married to him now and that's the thing and she's happily married mm-hmm. and that's another thing too we're not hearing enough stories of how great marriage yeah, is and guys right. tend to look at marriage as a burden yeah. and additional responsibility mm-hmm. so they're not anxious to get married and add the ball right. and chain no, women tend to look at relationships as a blessing we think of all the things that relationships are going to yeah. add to our lives and part of this perpetuation towards looking at relationships or marriage as a burden is because so few people are talking about what's great about right. being married exactly. I love waking up next to my husband I love having Those little conversations. You just don't hear that. Check
1: Facebook out. You don't hear that.
0: Yeah. And and, and news is full of all the bad examples. So, you know, overall, we really need to be focusing on what's great about relationships. I
1: I think you're dead on. And we're going to take a break. When we come back, though, I want to get into some more tools, some more solutions, maybe figure out how we know we've got the perfect match. What are some other things we could do? Um, Plus, uh, I just want to hear a little bit more about your – how your program works because really it's – if you're out there and wondering – if you're a parent sitting there thinking, how on earth do I get my child to quit being so picky? This might be a great thing to look up. Uh, maybe your kid's Christmas present has arrived.
0: Another sweater. You know, I mean, That's they can they do without another the
1: sweater. sweater. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Instead, go to com and you'll see Elisa Goodwin-Snell there. And uh, just you'll get more of her ideas. It's a wonderful place to go. We'll be back with more of Elisa Snell and our dating coach right here on The Matt Townsend Show.
3: is the Matt Townsend Show. If you're still in the dating game, I hope you've caught this interview today. We're listening to Alyssa Goodwin-Snell, the relationship guru. She's got a lot of specific things you can do to improve your dating game. In the last segment, she talked about how to find the balance between being too picky and settling. She recommended making a list of top 10 qualities you want in someone and breaking it into columns. Your non-negotiables or things that you just have to have in your future companion your work in progress or things you're willing to work with and your issues that you can just give to God. So things that bother you but you're just going to let them go. Interesting. I know a lot of people say that making lists can be dangerous in dating. I agree that having some values laid out and some character attributes that you want your companion to have written down can be very helpful and can be an anchor to you in dating when you're riding the roller coaster of emotions and, crises and You can reflect on those attributes and remember, okay, this person has these qualities that I have been looking for. I can get over this obstacle we're going through. So I think that that can be a good thing. On the other hand, though, your opinions and perspective changes a lot when you're dating, especially when you find someone you want to spend your life with because you're working to find that middle ground. Like Alyssa said, she's had some clients who almost gave up on a date because their partner had bad breath or made strange sounds or whatnot. And these things, I think, can be tempting to put on your list. I don't want someone with bad breath, and that is really, really important to me because I'm a dentist, so that's on my top priority list. But in my opinion, I think the top 10 list should consist of qualities that set a foundational bar. They aren't things that only one in a million people would have but things that ordinary people around you have that set them apart. Qualities that show character development and how much someone has worked on themselves to mold them into who they are, not qualities that they have absolutely no control over. For instance, to me, putting something like they have to have blue eyes isn't fair because they don't have any control over that and it really doesn't show anything about who the person is. But something like they need to treat others and speak about others respectfully is something that someone can choose to develop and shows something about who they are as a person. But that's just my two cents from what kind of lists helped me in my search for a companion. Okay, so moving on to the last part of this interview with Dr. Goodwin Snell. So after you've been through this dating game, how do you know when you've found a match? Probably all you've known is playing the dating game. Going on date after date, having fun, having something fizzle and die, or having a roller coaster of emotions and then moving on. So how do you know when it ends and it's time for the next level?
1: And Elisa, um, how do we know? How do we know? Like Rob just got all jazzed up about finding the love of his lifetime. How do we know when this is the one?
0: Well, I think there's several things. One yeah. is once I have my clients create a top 10, t- 10 list of what they're looking for, that's a good indication because we want to look at compatibility. Right. Compatibility has always made a difference like some in some of those longevity. sites use
1: compatibility. Oh, absolutely. Right. And
0: so the more compatible we are, the better the longevity of the relationship, you know, and we want to stack the odds in predictable yeah. ways. You know, we, it's terrible to talk about possibilities. Anything is possible. Right. But really what's reality is what's probable. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you're pretty compatible in some important ways, you have a pretty good possibility of making it work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or probability of making work. So I have them look at their top 10 list. And then if they're having fun, I mean, if this is just so much work to maintain the relationship, that's a warning signs on so many different levels. I mean, either their technique is way off, or they're just really toxic, or, you know, there's so many just different elements that make a relationship a drudgery instead of a blessing. Mm -hmm. And so probably the first thing is how compatible are you? Um, And then just how much fun do you have? And I think sometimes women forget that they think about relationships, and they know relationships are supposed to be work. And You just work through the hard times. But what are we working through the hard times for if we're not having fun? You know, if you don't smile at me and touch me and act like you like me. And it should be
1: natural. I mean, I guess that's one downside to all of this is that a lot of times, I guess, we're making lists and we're doing all these things. But at some point, it should also just be natural. It should kind of – I mean, it it doesn't have to be like every part of it natural. But –
0: You don't want to feel like you're working at it all the time. That's a lot of work. I just have fun with my husband, you know, and yeah, there are those moments when we have to work Mm -hmm. at our relationship, but for the most part, he's just my best friend and he's my pal and I enjoy being with him and I enjoy conversation. And I think when you have that combination of good compatibility and we enjoy each other, that makes a difference. I need to kind of say relative to that though, sometimes this is about technique too. Sometimes women come into relationships and they have some really unhealthy and flawed ideas Mm -hmm. about how to approach relationships. And if they understood the importance of smiling at him touching him saying how much you appreciate him looking at him and and tilting your head a little bit and saying oh thank you all those little things are so reinforcing to the male psychology and if men understand what it means when a guy pursues a woman and invests in her and he calls her in the middle of the day just to say oh i was just thinking about you and wanted you to know how beautiful you are all those little things make a big difference in are you listening Skyboy? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, this is important. You weren't, were you? <laughs> no, I was. You need to
1: focus. This Call is her, tell stuff. her how pretty she is. He oh. was
0: texting the girl that yeah, he but, likes with that. You know, <laughs> just, just, <laughs> let's <laughs> just <laughs> have fun
1: with him. Was, he, um, you're supposed to tilt your head.
0: Maybe I, not him. He squares the shoulders. Oh, Keep shoot. the chin up.
1: Let's have him tilt his head. That would have been well, so funny. You know.
0: I, but then he could practice a handling rejection well. That's, That's another true. thing I teach.
1: See, <laughs> you need to focus, man. Okay, This I'm can focusing. help.
0: But when the girl is tilting her head now, you'll know it's because she likes you. Okay. Or
1: she has whiplash. <laughs> Or if she, if just she has likes him. Or she likes you. Let's yeah. go with that. That seems better. <laughs> so it's, uh, I mean, it really is. Those are techniques. Now, some of those would say those are just natural techniques.
0: They're natural to some, but they're not natural no. to everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason why I teach it. Because so a lot of times when people are in a dating process, they do things without realizing they're doing right. them and they're working. Yeah. But other people aren't picking up on those clues. And then they're wondering, why does nobody ask me out? Why mm-hmm. is nobody getting a second and third date for, with me? Or, or I return, I call them and they don't return my call. So, a lot of times, you need somebody to help break it down and to make it really specific. And and
1: a lot of people have probably forgotten because they've been in marriages. They've they've kind of they've been in a different level of a relationship. They weren't in like the capturing phase. Right. They were in the captured phase.
0: Captured, comfortable, and now lazy. And if you've been
1: there for fifteen years, and then you get a divorce, you're supposed to go back to naturally.
0: Well and and you need sometimes a good reminder of what it means to the opposite sex because right. that's the big deal. We want to make meaningful connections with the opposite sex, not meaningful connections that just work naturally between man to man, woman to woman. I right. mean, it's very different when you're trying to reach out to the opposite sex. And so sometimes we have to think beyond ourselves and become better educated and and be a little bit more humble and teachable yeah. so that we can reach out and make those meaningful connections. And that means if you've been out of the game for a long time, you need to you need to you know, learn these let's, things yeah, so that you can make let's it. Go make fig- let's connection. go. Let's go learn.
1: In fact, learning to me seems like a really empowering move because now all of a sudden, instead of just sitting there hoping yeah, or just, you know, going online and th- throwing the lures out, uh, wouldn't it be great to know that not only were you good at getting them on the line, but keeping them on the line, deciding when to let them go? I mean, there's a lot to it, and it would be empowering.
0: Well, and to actually see and recognize the signs that they're sending back. Yeah. And then also for some of those women, too, you know, body language means a lot, and they don't realize how much they're actually sending off messages that say, I'm not interested, even though they're interested. Right. And so, you know, to be able to read the signs of the other person and to appropriately respond, but also to know what your body language is saying so that yeah. you can keep their interest. So when we're going to that idea of how do you know when it's the perfect match, I think there is no real perfect match. Hmm. And, um, you know, it's more about the combination and your willingness to invest. I mean, you think about the depth of the relationship you have with your wife. I mean, you feel a lot more for her now than you did oh, when you yeah. married her. It's it's through experience. And so yeah. sometimes it's about having enough faith that you move forward with what you have and right. it, you're more of, your, more of a part of the process than expecting someone else to have to be. So we look for that perfect match. That does Exist out there, but what about me? What am I bringing to the equation that makes me a great match to this? What am I adding that is going to help us get there? That's what
1: that's that's such a great question. That's I just asked that to a group of singles where they had made a list of everything they wanted. And then I asked him, how many of you are bringing that to the show? How many of you are bringing this list? I mean, literally, like, you're bringing all of these 10 things. Or were you hoping that this person would complete you
0: yeah. in this and area? and that you're waiting and, for them to yeah. fill in the gaps. And, and that was, and that's like, not attractive. I remember a client of mine, she was probably 50, maybe 60 pounds overweight. And, you know, we were, we were trying to kind of work on the weight, but also her online profile. And she just, she was going for the guys and interested in the guys who were not overweight. And so I was asking her, what about the guys who are overweight? overweight. And she's like, I'm just not attracted to men who are overweight. Such a contradiction here. She's wanting someone to be attracted to her when yeah. she's overweight, but she recognizes that that's not attractive. Oh my heavens.
1: I've had a client that had um, a disability, like it was cerebral palsy mm-hmm. and um, he didn't want to date a blind woman. Yeah. And I'm like, really? <laughs> but yeah, she's beautiful and she is so into you and oh my oh. heavens, she just adores you. Yeah. And he's like,
0: yeah, no. But again, it goes back to that passive. The more passive I am in the process, the more I don't care. So go back, going yeah. back to the fishing analogy, if I've just got my fishing pole off the edge of the yeah. boat, I'm not investing in trying to catch the fish. I'm not trying to use different lures. I'm not putting any effort into it. And then I get a tug and I'm like, oh, it's inconvenient because I've got my next song yeah. coming on. I don't want right. to deal I, with it. So I now. just let it go. Yeah. You know. And so the more involved I am, the more invested I am, the more I'm going to value and appreciate it. And the more I'm going to get something back that's meaningful, too. Being mm-hmm. passive is such a problem in the process and Which expecting is going to be good. someone else.
1: I think that's true. Maybe that's why you need there to be a little fight from well, the fish. Yeah. I mean, the fish keeps you involved. If all of a sudden you just get a fish on and you don't have to reel it in because it's not going to pull your pole out of the water, then, um, you know, eventually you'll pull it, you'll reel it in. And when you reel it in, it'll just be a half-eaten carp. Right. But if you've got one that's fighting a little bit, that's creating a little tension all of a sudden, it gets your attention, and it's a great way to build some skills.
0: One of the 17 secrets to the male and female psychology. So, I talk about this in the dating system. And for those who go to my website, it's yourtechnique.com. Uh-huh. So, it's yourtechnique.com, and you sign up for my email list, you'll immediately get um, something called the five steps to quality dating, and then a handout as well on the 17 secrets. So, this is a great way to, to learn great. more. But one of the 17 secrets is men um, are driven to pursue, face challenges, compete, and conquer. They really need that pursuit. and they they also like women who express their feelings, needs, and opinions. That's yeah. so much more attractive. And they work well together because if I express my feelings, needs, and opinions, there's a little bit of a pushback, especially if I don't do it in a way that's criticism, nagging, or whining, which right. repels men, another yeah. one of the 17 secrets. But if I show faith and trust in him, which is secret number one to the male psychology, so we're getting a lot in here. Yeah. Um, if I show faith and trust in him while also expressing my feelings, needs, and opinions, that makes me more of a challenge. It makes me more attractive. It makes me look like a woman who likes myself, another secret to the male psychology. Mm-hmm. So also All of those things make the game the game more fun. And yeah. I don't mean to compare dating to a game, but, but you it's need to game. understand I mean, it's that real. men like games, men totally. like entertainment, men like challenges, men yeah. like sports, men like so many things that involve a challenge. And Just
1: don't spike the ball. That's all we're saying. <laughs> we, we like all of that, but if you break up with us, don't spike anything. Exactly. Don't <laughs> hurt us
0: in the process. That's
1: really painful.
0: And so all of those things come down to improving your technique and understanding the opposite sex. And if it's, if it's too much fun, you know, if it's not fun, of course, people aren't going to keep doing it. It so you need to understand the importance of of helping men to have fun in the process too. But same same way, if a woman all of a sudden comes on strong and starts pursuing a guy, it's like the worm trying to swim into the mouth of the fish. The fish is going to spit it out. I'm going to wrestle that fish. Yeah, or the doe that comes and tries to hunt down the hunter. You know what I mean? There's got to be good (laughs) technique.
1: No, actually, you just freaked me out. (laughs)
0: You're
1: not supposed to. You're supposed to run for me when I wear the orange. Yeah, it's so true though, isn't it? It's like it's not it's counterintuitive and, and i guess there might be some hunters that like that and you know they just have the, the, the L cop up in the back of the truck right. and then shoot them. <laughs>
0: yeah exactly <laughs> i guess that's one way to look can at you, it can you shoot yourself for me so i don't yeah. have to go through yeah. the hassle yeah you know can you just take this pill yeah guns but who me. wants that meat Right. you know they're not exactly. going to eat the meat later and and so there's you know it's it's, it's just understanding the dating process
1: it's uh, it's something that i think that's the problem is we think it's so natural But there's a lot of psychology behind it and there's a lot – I mean we also think it shouldn't be a game except it's all a game when you're dating.
0: Well, it, you know, know if you I mean? don't have strategy, mm-hmm. then you're going to end up making a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, whether you like it or not, if you think of, of dating as being like a football game, yeah. you know, if I go out on the field in the middle of a football game, I'm going to get trampled. Mm-hmm. But if I go out on the field and I know how to play and I understand the plays and I understand how it works and I have the proper gear on, I can have a whole lot of fun. That's right. And so you just need to understand the strategy or you're going to get hurt. And, yeah. and if someone can help you... Figure that out along the way, all the better. So, you know, going back to this idea of who's your match, yeah. part of that strategy is to realize that you've got to play your part in the process right. And because you're not going to appreciate whatever falls in front of you if you're not actively searching for it, working for it, investing in it, um, and making it a priority in your life. This passive idea of it happening for you is not going to work.
1: Well, or I would even say, or that there's some site that's going to make it happen, mm-hmm. like... So many people are going to these match sites and the the dating sites thinking that, oh, I'll just invest my money and then boom, it'll just be. But there's a side to this that you either know how to relate Mm -hmm. or you don't. Well,
0: and it's got to go from the internet to actual face-to-face contact. And if you don't know how to make the other person feel great when you're Mm face-to-face, they're not going to continue to be interested. And then if
1: you don't know how once you're face-to-face to get it to higher levels of commitment, Mm -hmm. it's not gonna happen. Then once you're committed and in a marriage, if you don't know how to then resolve stuff and deal with stuff, I mean, there's no out. There's no out. You've got to go through.
0: But everything that matters to us takes takes work and effort. And for those who have had kids, I mean, we sacrifice so much more for our kids without thinking about it. You yeah, know, you totally. you just do it because you love them and you're just you're proud of them. And you, you the investment is very natural. Well, no, duh. We are so much more loyal to our kids sometimes than our own spouse. Oh, and yeah. if we're passive with our spouse, no wonder, mm-hmm. you know, because we're so much more involved with our kids. Yeah. And that's a secret to why we love them so deeply. Love is deeply connected to sacrifice.
1: And um, we don't, you know, in the dating world's that's just as essential as it is in the parenting world or the marriage world or
0: Huge. Well, and some of it's about technique, too. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, if you're a parent and you're watching your kids struggle and, you know, this can be a good time to buy them something a lot more efficient yeah, <laughs> totally. and effective in getting your grandkids down yeah. the road. Plus, it's about confidence. And, uh, you know, a lot of the concepts I teach, if they understand the principles behind it, the actions aren't that hard to do. Yeah. Because if I believe in the principles and I understand, wow, you know, it's really about making her feel great and I can make her feel great in this and this way. And then you see what it actually does. You act that way. Yeah and her expression changes and her reaction to you changes and you feel like a million bucks and you feel like success and what a great gift to be able to give to oh, your kids oh it's huge
1: and the, and it's to me it's also it's confidence so knowledge is confidence right mm-hmm. and what if we could gain our knowledge from that instead of just instead of just trying to be confident with the fact that we happen to have found somebody great what if we could be confident because we know how to actually make it great?
0: Exactly. Well, and sometimes, too, when we wait to find somebody, then once we actually find them, we feel so much pressure not to lose yeah. that oh. or to ruin it. And uh-huh. so then you end up doing funny, silly things, you know, because you're so worried things. about whether or not you're going to lose her. That's and so if you true. know beforehand what's going to make a meaningful impression, what's going to make a meaningful connection, you're going to feel more confident when the time comes.
1: It's good stuff. Alisa Goodwin-Snell, you can find her information at itsyourtechnique.com. It's not you it's your technique it's your technique.com in there is her entire program and uh, just a lot of videos you can sign up for her online email program as well or her email program and she'll send you all these free things she's been talking about it thanks so much Thank for you joining for us me. good stuff you get it we uh, we learned a lot we learned an awful lot so go check her out at its your we'll be back right here on the Matt Townsend show on BYU radio
3: Today's Matt Townsend episode. We just finished a captivating interview with Alyssa Goodwin-Snell, talking about relationships, how to find your match, and how to know when you've found them. She said two starting points to ask yourself when you're wondering if this is the person you should move to the next level with are: Are you compatible together? Going back to those things that you stated are most important to you, and do you have fun together? But I love what Matt added after that. That it's not all about the list. It should be natural. Dating isn't a checklist of what people look like on paper or how many boxes they've checked off. It should flow. You should want to keep seeing that person. And I think that's how it was for me. I'd go crazy constantly checking my list and see how many things he checked off. But in the end, it really was just one day at a time. I knew he had the foundational characteristics I wanted, and it didn't take eons to see that. But then it was just at the end of the day, I would start thinking, "Hmm, I want to see him again tomorrow. And the next day I'd think the same thing. And every day I started to think I wanted to see him tomorrow. And so we just kept doing that until I decided that I didn't think there would be a day I didn't want to see him. So I guess I better marry him and then I could always see him tomorrow. In reality, it was a lot more complicated than that. But I agree with what Alyssa said. Being passive in the dating process is a big problem. Sometimes you have a good fish biting, but you get distracted, whether it's with this or that or, you know, just with the rest of the fish pond. You get distracted and you let it go. I like how she said, dating isn't all a game, but just like football, if you're going to go play on the field, you need to understand some of the strategy first and realize that Part of the game is getting hurt. And if you're wondering who your match is, you first have to understand your part in the process and be able to see people for who they really are. So we're going to end off today's episode with part of an interview with Brian Willoughby, where he sheds a little more light on this topic and gives us some myths people have about dating and relationships.
1: There's a lot of weird things that people believe About dating? Well, first of all, in your head, what what are some things that people believe about dating and finding the right one that you've just seen in the research doesn't pan out?
2: Oh, by far the biggest one is that there is a right one. Oh yeah, let's that, blow that
1: up. That that that,
2: that one a is soulmate. huge, right? And and most people have believe in a variation of that. So there's not that many people that actually believe there is only one person. There could be ten out there, right? There could be 10, 15, but yeah. there, there's definitely a range. Yeah, right. There's definitely a, a few people out there that are right for me that are going to make me, like we were talking before, the happiest. Yeah. and the more most satisfied. And anyone else is going to have to. Be me settling
1: for some I else. hate that word see but so because so you're saying some actually believe that there's a handful two dozen three mm-hmm. you know fifteen, mm-hmm. whatever, but um and then you're you're actually saying that's a myth
0: mm-hmm.
1: what, so if you had to throw a number, give me a number, and you I know you're going to have a different <laughs> theory on it, but just give me the number of possible candidates that, with work and focus, could marry. You could marry and be very happy with. Oh, should I be the optimist and say anyone?
2: That's <laughs> one that way to do de- pro- <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Just be kind the, of more of a realist. Yeah. Would you, how many would you I, tell your daughter or your I, child? I, I think it's easily thousands. Yeah. Thousands tens of thousands. thousands yeah. yeah. Of, of people out there. You know, yeah. and obviously there's issues of proximity. Right. And, You're not going
1: to date someone in Ghana. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, not that you wouldn't, but they're not yeah. – Close. Yeah. Right. Is, as I always tell,
2: you know, when I teach my students about relationships and, and marriage and we get all these questions, I, I always tell them you got to stop trying to find the right person and start asking yourself the question. Instead of asking the question, what's wrong with these people I'm dating? Yeah, they're so messed right, up. Right. Is what am I willing to put up with? Because oh, everyone has problems and yeah. everyone has issues. And so it's not about finding the person that doesn't have those problems or ha- finding the person that only has one or two little yeah. minor issues. Right. You know, they don't sort
1: their socks the right way. Right. Um, but what are the issues I'm willing to put up with? That's for a the great rest of question. I call that the mate and switch, right? Yeah. So we marry him thinking one thing. Then once we've mated, the deal kind of switches and we're like, what the heck? Yeah. This one's weird. Yeah. yeah and that's... then you got to decide. But sometimes you don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot right. of times you don't know because right. – I guess we don't bring that out unless you go take the relate survey. Right. Exactly. Then we can then They're we can bring things. it all yeah. out,
2: and like you said, we <laughs> fight about it. Um, but yeah, and then part of that too is is, is when we're dating is focusing on those positives yeah. too, because you're right; those things will always come up that yeah. we weren't expecting.
1: But you also have you can leverage the good, right? Mm-hmm. Your skills, your ability to communicate. Yeah,
2: and and that's about you know I, people are always ask me, what do you feel like is the most important thing in any long term relationship? And, and to me, based on all the research, all the studying, all the things I've done. To me, it always comes back to commitment. Yeah. Is every relationship's going to be a little bit different and there's going to be little issues, big problems that we deal with. But couples that have that commitment, which is an internal characteristic. Yeah, it's, huge. It's not something that comes. But I've, I'm committed to you yeah. internally. Then when a problem does come up, it shifts the mentality. Oh, that's now huge. Now instead of, man, I, what if I made a mistake and is someone going to make me happier and maybe I need to start thinking about that. It's, no, nope, I'm committed to you. And so let's problem solve.
1: Let's work See, on this. The, and that goes so counter to what we teach because instead we're teaching the, the most important thing is that you feel love. Mm-hmm. But I've gotten up in the middle of the night when my child was vomiting, for example, and I'm not feeling love, yeah. but I'm deeply committed. Right. So yeah. I get up and do something I wouldn't feel like doing, right. but I'm doing it out of a commitment. And, and then what's amazing is once it's, he's cleaned up and I'm holding him. Then all of a sudden the love comes. Sometimes the commitment has to precede exactly. the love, right? Yeah,
2: I've got, I've got two models. When I teach uh, at BYU's campus, the preparation for marriage class. Is oh, all the which is huge because oh, yeah. there's
1: tens of millions of exactly. undergrads. Yeah. That are I've, like... got,
2: I've got two models in the class. I tell them the first day and I drill it in their head almost every single day. And one <laughs> of them fits is this. What? It's just because I love you forever it doesn't mean I'm going to like you every day. I love that. And, and, we, and I talk about that. I say, you know, there's going to be days when you don't like your spouse. Oh, yeah. They're jerks. And that's normal. Oh, yeah. There's, <laughs> I mean, you can talk to my wife. She'll talk about there's a lot of days I'm a jerk. Well, she you know called, I mean? by the way. Oh, yeah. I figured. And she's like, Brian's a jerk. Yeah. So, so it's one of those days. Yeah. Right? Today's um, today. but, but that doesn't change that love. That's right. in right. that love defined by commitment. That's huge. Um, that that I have that love for her that's never going to change regardless of
1: what's going on in that particular day. You know, isn't that why it seems like that's why we put you in like a commitment, a covenant or something. So we've obligated you. I mean if it was just easy enough to say, eh, and you push one button and it was yes. all over, mm-hmm. no one would stay married because we all have those days where we're like, what the – But there's a commitment, and you'd have to go tell hundreds or thousands of your friends the social impact of it, the divorce, the breaking up of the assets, the figuring out how to do it. Exactly. Now, you're talking – I'll throw throw an academic
2: word. What is that? Constraint commitment is what you're talking about. We're constrained to to not – we're stuck. Now, the hard thing is is that's actually not that good of a thing in relationships. It's probably not. Because that's what keeps abusive people in abusive relationships. The other kind of dedica- – or the other kind of commitment is what we want. It's dedication commitment. Or we, we're doing internal. it not because we
1: can't get out. We're doing it because we're so in love. Yeah. That's I'm huge.
2: dedicated to you. I'm loyal yeah. to you.
1: Well, see, the one like seems to demand character mm-hmm. and the other yeah. – It's interesting though. In a weird way, I guess, culturally, societally, when we can't control whether they're going to have the discipline to just care mm-hmm. – We'd rather just obligate them. <laughs> just, yep. We just obligate you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're stuck.
2: Yeah, and constraints are okay sometimes. I it, mean, it I helps. mean,
1: to a degree, but yeah. you just don't want to. You don't want it to just easily fly out. But right. yeah, powerful. Uh, so okay. So the biggest myth so far is that you have a you find the right person. I've always tried to debunk the soulmate idea, mm-hmm. but there's always. I mean, because the hardest thing is you think you're gonna. There's what? Th- how many people on this earth? Seven and a half billion or whatever. Mm-hmm. And your soulmate happens to be in your same class at BYU. Right? Are you kidding me? There's seven and a half billion people, and it just so happens your soulmate mm. is in the same class. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> just didn't ever work for me. Yeah. But how convenient. Um, what's another myth? What's another myth that you just when you hear a lot, you're like, Please. oh, what was the other quote you give? Oh, the, the, the other
2: kids? one. The, the other the other motto in the class is it's okay to break up with good people. Because because when we date, we get stuck in this myth that I can't break up with you until you do something bad or you show me that you're a horrible, disgusting person. And then we end up dating someone for an extra three months when we know we're not going to end up with them. Um, And so I I talk a lot about, you know, you might be dating a perfectly decent, wonderful human being that's not right for you because they have a few problems like we all do that you're not
1: willing to deal with for the rest of your life. And then
2: it's okay to break up with them.
1: Don't, that's so funny, too, because it, so it's like the enemy of the good is the best or whatever. We we have so many good people. Mm. But and some of us don't know how to break up, do oh, we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Does that like do you we need a class? We need to talk about that. We'll do a show yeah. on that. We'll have you yeah. back because at some point you just I have I've I just noticed because I was a divorce mediator for yeah. a while. You have to hate him. Yeah. You know what I mean? You almost oh, yeah. have to turn the energy to hate yeah. in order to get away.
2: Yeah, I do. I do a whole class on that. Do you really uh, on campus? Yep. And it's like you said is you know with with dating, it's not quite as extreme right. as a divorce, but it's the same ideas. It, I almost have to start looking for. Oh, you texted my best friend, <laughs> yeah. and you didn't tell me. So now I'm mad. So now we can break up. Or you so, looked so, at me funny this one time, yeah. and so now I can break up. We you know we need some excuse. Isn't that funny to do it? Yeah.
1: Which is I think why you know we probably need to. I don't know. We, I think we should just require, of all human beings, certain level of relationship skills oh, yes. before we let you do anything. <laughs> that's what we should be doing with the millennials while they're all at home sleeping in our basement, yeah. not wanting to leave. <laughs> Great. Then you need <laughs> to go to BYU and take your relationship classes. Um, that's a huge one. Any other myths that you just, just as a researcher, that just get you, yeah. that irritates you? The, this one's hard. So okay.
2: prepare yourself. Let's hear it. The myth is that your partner will change. Oh, I know. Because they won't. And but, we, we think they will. But, but
1: Brian, they if they love me, they would change. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. The, and yeah. they would. They'll, they'll try. And then, yeah. they'll change for a couple of days. Yeah, anyone can change a for a day. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> but It's the but permanent that, change. And like you said before, it, the myth becomes a problem when we're dating someone and we see some of these things, characteristics, yeah. personality traits. We say, well – I, I, they'll probably mature out of that yeah. answer. They'll, they'll get
1: better. I'm yeah. sure. They won't be obnoxious like that always. Yeah, once
2: I'm living with them, I can work yeah. that out. Yeah. Once
1: we can be intimate, yeah. they won't have problems like that. Exactly. Yeah. But then they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're not – so let's just get this straight from the good doctor. Brian Willoughby is stating factually through evidence in his research, they're probably not going to change.
2: Probably not. No, no, this is that, bad probably not is they can't. Yeah, yeah they well, could. Here, let me reframe yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might not change, but you can change together.
1: Oh, so it's about me now.
2: Yeah, now it's about you again. See, that's no, why it's not even wants. about you. It's about us.
1: Oh, see. Yeah. So
2: you can change little. I can change little. We can change together. But that's
1: what it gets, huh? You get in a relationship where it's a stalemate, where one person doesn't right. want to. They want you to change. Just pick right. up your game. I mean, because yeah. I've asked all my friends, and all my friends say, "Yeah, you should change, mm-hmm. and be more like me." Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, it depends on what metaphor you want to use, right? Are we in a gladiator contest where we're fighting each other for supremacy in this relationship? Are we in a three-legged race where we're working
1: together to try to get to the end? And by the way, how cool would it be to have a gladiator three-legged race contest?
2: then, best of both worlds. Wow.
1: You just blew my mind on that
2: one.
3: That was another great take on dating and relationship advice. I think there were a few things. That our guests said today that I would share with my friends and family going through the dating process. I like how Dr. Willoughby said that you don't have to wait for something catastrophic to happen in order to break up. You can break up with a perfectly decent, healthy, kind person if you feel like it's not right. And I like how Matt said, you don't know what you don't know. You might think you have an idea of the perfect match for you, what they'll look like and what they'll act like. But there's so much you still don't know about the people around you. So give them a chance and let yourself be surprised. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode, everyone. Remember, if you're looking for the perfect match, first, ask yourself what are you adding to the relationship that makes you the perfect match? I'm Leanna Tan, bringing you the best tidbits to help you live healthier, happier lives. Join me again next time for another episode of Matt Townsend.